Creating a compelling vision for a business is, in effect, a visualization exercise for the entire organization. Unfortunately, it isn't usually created or shared in a way in which employees feel that they are an important character in the story. Hello everybody, my name is Jeremy Franchese and you are listening to First Floor Conversations where the view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Today in episode 58, we are talking about onboarding, we are talking about virtual workplace and we are talking about why I believe massive turnover is going to take place in the coming months. Appreciate you tuning in, whether you're on the video or on the audio. Thank you so much for stopping by. Last few episodes have been amazing. You noticed if you've been plugged in with us uh, that we took a week off or so. And uh, and the reason being was I was moving. There's been some settling in. I'm still waiting for some equipment to get here with some some of the new podcast stuff. But um, I want to say that we had our best month ever last month. Engagement, downloads, plays, community, the whole thing, uh, the best I've seen yet. And, uh, and I want to say thank you. Thank you to everybody. Um, really appreciate the, uh, the love and the, the attention. You're going to start to see some things ramp up over the next few weeks. And uh, I'm very excited for that. And so today we're talking about onboarding. We're talking about virtual workplace and it's just me and you and we're going to dive in. And so this is why I wanted to talk about uh, I wanted to talk about this this uh, part of the business, right? And talk about this part of how it connects from being an employee and from the executive side as, as an administrator or somebody that's an employer hiring people. When we aren't doing as much in person, we have to rethink the impact. And I'm reading a book right now uh, called Leading with Vision. Really, uh, really enjoying it. And, and for those that know me, like I don't read that much. Um, it's never been the way I consume information, but I am trying to get better at it and build a morning routine where I'm in the gym early. I get some time to build out my, my own habits and then I read a bit and then I dive into my day. Something I always got my head around was focus on your life before work, build, you know, it's, it's more so like build, focus on the marathon items before work, then focus on, on your job during the day, whether you run a company or it's your, it's your job. It's like, if you have to work late for good reasons, it shouldn't hold you back from having a healthy life. So do the workout in the morning. Take care of the non-negotiables in the morning. The things that you're going to want to have done, you know, in your life before you're 60, you know, it's like th- those things, take care of those before if you can. Not to get sidetracked. So so I've been getting in a rhythm, trying to read a little bit more, and I want to read a, a quick quote from this book that will drive this conversation, and I think it will make sense. You with me? Still with me? Good. Here's where it goes. Creating a compelling vision for a business is, in effect, a visualization exercise for the entire organization. Unfortunately, it isn't usually created or shared in a way in which employees feel that they are an important character in the story. See if this sounds familiar. Employees come into an organization. They sit through orientation and receive their laminated index cards containing the company's vision, mission, and values. Of course, they don't know that the goals in the card uh, they know that the goal of the cards is to define where the company is going, but the cards go directly into the desk drawer where they're quickly forgotten. It goes on to touch on the fact that when companies are, are hire you or you get acclimated to a new company, there are certain things that have to take place for everybody to feel like they're in a great position. The company needs to integrate you to the company so that you can become uh, uh, productive and, con- and start to contribute to the, to the community at large, right? Um, and, and vice versa. You need to feel valued and, contri- and, and as if you can contribute so that you feel like you're in a place you want to be. Here's where the challenge comes in. 
when we're virtual and we're not able to handhold as much and provide the in-person culture, the vision, mission, and the overarching theory, excuse me, the overarching value of the company has to be clear, more clearly defined. There has to be a reason for you to wake up every day if you're working from a home, uh, from your home, and 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 segue from that into you know I'm working for this company. Instead of just waking up to to go about my day, right? You have to have a reason to connect to the to the bigger goal. And what I want to explain is for companies and understanding that the reason this matters isn't just from COVID. It isn't just from uh, it isn't just from you know the the work is changing whatever the mantra is right. What it what I'm trying to get at here is that uh, millennials, when you look at the data, value onboarding at eight to 10 points on the on the test score that is what I value at work. We've talked about this before. It's not a new data point. But why it matters now more than ever is two things. First and foremost, the millennials are the largest generation in the American workforce. So the concept of those young millennials is simply wrong at this point. As baby boomers age out, Gen X continues to age up and creep closer to retirement, okay, we have a big shift taking place. As the workforce shifts alongside it and COVID-related, you know, pandemic-related responses shift how we engage and we clearly have seen that working virtual is a viable option, knowing that your candidate likely values onboarding and their acquisition process, how they're interviewed, how they're onboarded, how they're developed, like how they're brought into the company, if you know that that's more important then it has to change because when they wake up in their own apartment, when they wake up in their home, when they wake up and they have kids that are on virtual school setups and they have to now manage that and be a kindergarten teacher and a private chef because they got to feed the kids all the time, they have to have something that sticks beyond just a salary. There has to be a corporate vision, a mission. There has to be something that makes them feel like they're waking up to contribute to more than just their own bank account because the truth is not only just millennials, but the American workforce is spoken. They want it. They need it. So I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna touch this again. Okay. Unfortunately, it isn't created. Da, 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 da. See, well, I don't read that much. You feel me? So for those that are listening, I'm reading out of again, leading with vision. Um, really, I'm. I'm really enjoying this so far, but but only scratch the surface. But again, I'm sure you do this. Employees come in, right? See if this sounds familiar. Employees come into an organization, sit through orientation, orientation, and receive their laminated index cards containing the company's vision, mission, and values. Of course, the goals are to give them an idea where the company is going, but ultimately ends up in the in the, in the drawer, dusty, never to be looked at again. When we go virtual. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, there may be 50 million, 45 million Americans unemployed right now, but I'm telling you right now, I don't know a company that's saying it is easier to hire people. Just because people are unemployed doesn't mean they're looking to get back to work. And just because they're unemployed doesn't mean that, that uh, there's all these sudden new candidates in a viable market where they can hire from. So what I want to hit home and hit hard is those that have a clear defined message, a clear defined value add, and not a financial one, not we're going to have a 7% gross that's above last year. We're not going to have a seven point whatever year over year you know, growth in this market. I'm talking about something that makes them feel like from their own world, which is how your employees feel in their own ecosystem, they're waking up and they need to figure out how getting the job done today moves the needle beyond their salary, their paycheck. The company has to make a bigger impact. It has to. It has to. It has to. Because otherwise, they're going to wake up realizing, well, I can go get paid from a lot of people to do a lot of things based on what I'm good at. And if you're not good at anything, 
You got a whole nother set of problems. I'm sorry, my friend. But the truth is companies have to adopt a different set of parameters if they're going to work virtual over in person. How do you build connectivity? How do you build the, the, the tissue of the organization? Ann Cowell Smith on episode 50, uh, she's the executive director of Books at Work, talks about investing in connectivity. It's not just about investing in the people, it's investing in the space between the people so that people are trustworthy, efficient, effective, and reliable when it matters most. Okay. And so today going to be a quick one coming in hot, maybe a 10, 12 minute episode. Uh, I predict a lot of turnover coming up. I think a lot of people are going to start to realize that for the last six months, they've woken up in their own ecosystem, in their own world. Money's been hitting their account if they've stayed working, if they've fortunately been in that position. And they're realizing that they're in a position to look at their world a bit differently. They're in a position to realize, am I getting trained and developed? Maybe I'm not. Maybe you are. Am I being valued? Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Am I getting called or connected with by other people on my team? Is there culture? Is there actually culture? I'm not talking about relationships. I'm talking about culture. Culture relationships are not the same thing. Knowing people and having culture are different. What's the guiding vision? What's the value add? What is it in that? What's in it for them beyond just compensation benefits? Okay. Uh, and it, it relates to, to one of the really last things I want to touch on, unless I think of something else, which always happens. I feel like I'm always like, the last thing is this. And then I talk for another hour and a half. Uh, about two years ago, I put in an article that said, grandma is the biggest threat to employer retention, uh, employee retention. And I mean it. And it was one of the, the articles I put out that I knew was one of the best pieces of content I put out and no one gave a shit. So here's what the article talked about. It talked about at this time of year when Thanksgiving's coming around, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you're celebrating, the winter holidays, you go home, your family is going to look at you and ask how you're doing. They're going to ask you how you're doing. They're going to ask how you're feeling. They're going to ask what you're thinking. What's next? What's happening? And if they're not, I love you. Even if your family doesn't seem to be interested, the majority of people are going to go home and their loved ones are going to ask them about what is going on in their world and if they're happy, if they're doing okay. Your boss, their boss, that person's employer is not digging deep enough. They're asking surface level questions. How are you? You good? You need anything from me? What's happening? They move on. When the truth is, when you get home, you do that performance review or whatever with your, your company, like, hey, how is it going, yada, 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 and then you go home, your boss thinks everything's peachy, whatever, they think it's good enough, and then grandma looks you in the eye and says, are you okay? How are you doing? You don't seem right. Something seems off. Are you sure you're happy? Hey, what's Lisa doing down the street? She just got a big promotion. Hey, Brad just did this. Hey, Alex is going to get his MBA. Why don't you consider what that? They start peppering in new alternatives and asking you point blank if you're happy, if you're well, if you're getting where you want to go. That is what changes certainty. That's what changes certainty to the ability to, to perceive an alternative. As an employer, as a manager, it's important to understand that you got to ask those questions because you're going to have people that come back from those breaks in the coming months and they, they go to a different job because they realize that they were complacent or they, they, were, they, were, they were reasonably satisfied with their current situation. And they realize that there's probably better out there. And now that they're home, they have the chance to look. They may not have a bunch of free time, kids, the whole life, right? But they have the ability to, in their own ecosystem, look for options and field calls. And so back to the original piece, onboarding, integration of the company, acquisition, there has to be more than just a guiding, you know, here's a vision, here's a salary, here's a benefit, here, da, 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 da. What is the glue that makes them feel like from the their home, to your organization and to their team, 
What makes them feel like a contributing member of the community, a valued member of the community, somebody that is not only uh, inspired to get out of bed, like the, the, the analogy they give or the reference point they give is in, in, in touch with Patagonia when they were building the company. And, and the, the idea was like, how can you get people to come into work where they're taking two steps at a time? Like literally, they're coming up the staircase into work, going two steps at a time because there's urgency, there's excitement, there's passion, there's commitment, there's drive beyond just checking in, checking out, moving along. I predict a lot of turnover. I think there's going to be a lot of people that recognize that they've been putting in a ton of work and they don't feel valued. They don't feel appreciated. Uh, and it's not that they haven't been acknowledged. It's that they haven't been acknowledged and spoken to in a way that makes them feel valued. Right? It's got to be the other way around. It's not about what feels good to say. It's about what feels good to be told. Does that make sense? So when we look into the fall, we start to figure out what's going on. People are looking at change. They're starting to figure it out. And, and maybe I'm wrong, right? Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not Nostradamus, right? Uh, but, but the facts are, I, I think that uh, as we see things shift, millennials value different things. And I think that this is going to expose the companies that are not adopting new philosophies and principles. And here's the kicker communicating it effectively to the staff. I put up a post on LinkedIn uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, maybe, I don't remember at this point. Uh, it was with, uh, 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 I think it was Siemens. Uh, they they shifted, uh, no, excuse me, Siemens or Salesforce. It was probably both of them. They, they shifted uh, their workforce saying you can go virtual until like July, you know, June 2021 or whatever. And I put up a post that basically just said, the time in between you making the decision and uh it becoming uh, the, the difference between you being a leader and an innovator and you simply adopting something that has has become the status quo and the and the the barrier to entry is in your ability to efficiently and effectively communicate changes that are happening. As these big companies start to make these changes, as these big, big companies start to, to make really big updates to their employee relations protocol, virtual work, PTO policy, sick leave, whatever you want to call it excuse me, as they start to make really big updates and modern uh, uh, and, 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 and uh, excuse me, improvements to these, these different pieces of the business, if you're sitting at a company and you're as an employee and your bosses aren't doing anything about it, you're going to start to question like, because think, think I want to play this out. If they don't do anything and then next July rolls around and then they're like, hey, we're going virtual. As an employer, are you going to look at them and say, man, they were leaders? Or are you going to say, well, I guess they just did. Do they believe in it or do they do it just because now they have to because everybody already did it? Um, that's what I'm thinking about. And I think a lot of people are starting to think about that stuff as well. And uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. I think the difference between uh, having open lines of communication and having culture, that will be exposed big time over the coming months. Uh, and, and I'm talking six months, eight, 12 months. Like This isn't going to be like, hey, Jeremy, in J September, things fell apart. I'm talking about like people are going to start to realize the difference between open dialogue and culture. It's not the same thing. Um, I think that people are going to recognize that onboarding employees, if you're in HR, you're, you're on that side of the house. When you onboard somebody, there has to be a different level of attention to what is their value add in the system that they are being integrated into so that they feel uniquely valued, they feel inspired, they feel excited, and they feel a sense of belonging beyond just 
you're a new employee and now we're paying you to show up and be productive. Um, I think there's going to be a need to communicate a more clear value prop from their productivity into the ripple effect of what happens when they do their job and they do it well. And that doesn't mean we hit the goal faster. It doesn't mean we are a more efficient company. I'm talking about if they do their job and the company as a whole does their job, what happens to the world? What happens to the community? What happens to our society? What happens to the populace? What happens to their neighbor? Finding a way to connect what they're doing with the world that they live in will be an incredible competitive advantage. Uh, and that's all I got for you guys. Look, um, I think there's going to be some interesting changing of events. I think there's going to be some interesting reflections uh, from a lot of people that are quality, competent, uh, and motivated to build a better life for themselves. And now they're in their own ecosystem with the ability to see, plan, and field calls, and learn, and explore. Um, and I think that's going to be really, really exciting. I think we're going to see a, a nice shift in consumer behavior that, uh, for those that want it, we'll be able to take it. And uh and that's the deal here, right? We're trying to build something that can scale. We're trying to build something that can last. I am very excited for some of the interviews that are coming up. Um, I'm gonna, we're gonna look to be consistent on Tuesdays every Tuesday. Uh, but truth be told, we are starting to restructure some things. I'm contemplating a, a couple different avenues of what I can do going forward. Uh, this podcast is a priority. You are a priority. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate it and review it. Uh, I never ask. I never do those plugs where I'm like, you know, send send some love, like. I'm always like, send me criticism. Um, but the, the, the iTunes feedback, things like that help. They help it f with more discovery. It helps people find it. Uh, so if you could drop in iTunes and, and drop a, a rating, I don't care if you drop a one, like honesty is better than, than anything. Uh, it helps me grow, right? But drop a review, drop a, drop a, a review, drop a rating. Uh, but if you're enjoying it, thank you. Uh, if you're new, welcome. And if you are one of the people that was a part of the last 30 days being the best in the entire history of this podcast, I love you. I appreciate you, your time, attention, feedback, and contribution. Uh, we are very excited. I'm very excited. And uh, we're going to have some fun moving forward. And so with that being said, Thank you for listening. My name is Jeremy Franchese. This is First Floor Conversations, and y'all know the deal. The view at the top is only as good as the foundation which preserves it. Stay tuned for more.